Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com you're listening to DraftKings Network. It's a beautiful morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Gola Jr. That is me. With me, as always, on the ones and twos, Super Producer Brandon Newman. Brandon, how we doing? Actually, pretty well, considering the Lakers' embarrassing loss. You know what? And we have plenty to get into with that basketball. Incredibly giving of content in this last 24-hour period here. Um... Not with us, as always, today. My father, Michael Gullick Sr., as I mentioned, uh, we were out at a conference uh, for Notre Dame, doing some stuff, emceeing some stuff, hosting some panels, all that good stuff. And as a result of that, scheduling conflict has landed us without dad for today. But that should not stop you from downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing, leaving us a five-star rating, and checking us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel, as well as Samsung TV Plus and DraftKingsNetwork.com. So, Dad will be back tomorrow. We know this is also Wednesday. You usually get Charlotte Wilder, but also, again, scheduling. We have decided to move Wilder Wednesday to Wilder Thursday. So, all of your favorite things are going to be back in your favorite places here soon. Can we say how malleable and flexible our audience has been in this change and shift especially on a wilder wednesdays they don't care when they get their wilder wednesdays i can't wait for a wilder monday and everyone just to eat it up and be thankful and uh i'm just happy to be in your presence 
as our audience listening audience. Yeah, no, this is probably going to feel a little bit like an old school episode for everybody here. As like you said, everyone has absorbed a lot of change. There's been a lot of movement with all of the change to the live lineup, our role in that, dad coming over on the show. And so you're right. Yes. Thank you to everybody for being patient with us, for understanding that as we are trying to make this into something better, there's always going to be spots where we got to do a little bit of the rough work along the way. And everyone has been super, super gracious during that, super, super kind during that. And so you're awesome. We appreciate it. And all that being said, Brandon, still got Baller Show uh, today because you mentioned it. We have plenty to get to. The draft lottery, Draymond Green's comments about their season, Adam Silver being interviewed about John Morant. But good Lord, the Western Conference Finals felt like starting off with a bang, huh? Now... The Man. Lakers the Lakers did lose this game, Brandon, and I hear you. It ends up 132 to 126, and if you had told me at halftime that would have been the case, I would have said you were crazy because it just seemed like it was that night for Denver. The kind of freak show at the buzzer shots that Joker was hitting, the way him and Jamal Murray were both really playing that night. The stat line from Joker alone, when you wake up and see that this morning, of 34 points, 21 rebounds, and 14 assists, looks like action figure stuff and so all of that I would have thought at halftime this game would have been wrapped up and over I had talked myself coming into this series saying game one with the Lakers coming off the last series an emotional taxing one against the Golden State Warriors they're probably going to get boat raced in game one and that's one like walking into a blackjack game the first hand dealer's supposed to win every time Denver's the dealer in this case. They've been the better team all year long. They've been the more consistent team all year long. And so I thought coming in the way they did, that was going to be this. So I actually walk out of this mildly encouraged, Brandon, by what the Lakers were able to do, especially what they were able to figure out in the second half. You get Rui Hachimura coming in, playing a little more primary defender on on Jokic. You get Anthony Davis able to roam a little bit more. And the Lakers actually outscoring and winning the battle in the second half. Now, they got out-rebounded by 16 boards the entire game and that can't happen again that was the area where I thought Nikola Jokic really showed up and showed out early I think he had 10 rebounds before we even got out of the first quarter so dominance there especially on the offensive glass the number of second chance points he gave that team was ultimately too much for the Lakers to overcome but even though you can say it's odd number AD, we don't know if we'll get 40 points and 10 boards from him again. You want to talk about a performance that's going to be lost to the sands of time. Anthony Davis yeah. goes out there, and I won't say looks every bit of Nikola Jokic's equal because Jokic is the best player in this series right now, and there right. is no like real competition for that title. It's all for second based on the way that he played last night, but what you figured out in the second half, the fact that your stars and Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura and others showed up in that way had to be encouraging, especially considering the kind of halftime deficit you were in. So I actually think the Lakers can walk out of this feeling pretty good, and I think the general public who's got no affinity one way or the other can walk out feeling like, all right, we've actually got a decent chance of getting more games like this out of them, especially if some of those freak show shots aren't always going to keep going down for Denver. Yeah, I think everyone walked into this thing thinking, oh, this could be a, a blowout of a series. And that could have been a letdown. But after today, everyone realizes this thing is going seven games. Uh, I was already nervous about Aaron Gordon. And just everyone talks about how good 
the Nuggets have been all season long. They've also been big all season long. Uh, yeah. Just like just very long humans that uh, – the offensive rebounds is one of the main things and main reasons why I think Nick uh, Jokic had ten and twelve at the end of the first quarter. Uh, so like that, that's why he, he you know, we he was gonna he was gonna have a historic night. And as you said, it AD the other big tree uh, sycamore on on Lakers side of things, he showed out. He he showed that he can be. Uh, mm, Big and long and, and effective, but tough is different against that uh, baby mattress that is Jokic and and his uh, Steph Curry like passing abilities uh, in the paint and his teammates being ready for for moves like that. I, I don't know. I I see him tiring as the series goes on, but those first three quarters, I think you gotta do. You just gotta hold on and, and hold your breath and wait for him to stop. That's the thing, I guess is is the confusing part of this calculus in this series, because I ultimately think Denver wins. I think they're the better team. And I think that right now, what we're getting out of Nikola Jokic. As... <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> that bubbles sorry. to the surface that got too real too quick. Oh, <laughs> uh, but it, it, you know, it, as I barf that out at you and I apologize, I assaulted you with that take. We hadn't talked about mm-hmm. that before. I hadn't actually said that to your face. And so I know that was a little bit jarring right now, but I, I guess the reason I say that, and I think the biggest thing we talked about this yesterday, it, with Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic, the pressure thing going into this series, Joker, Jokic without it. I keep getting caught between Joker and Jokic and I end I, up saying I mean, Joker and it's really going to become a problem by the end of this series. Um, I think I, I think I need to hear someone from his homeland say it so I can just like default to that like Yairo, you know. Mike. Yes, exactly the same thing. <laughs> but I guess regardless of how badly I butcher his name, even despite the fact that he's been as great as he's been, this still feels like it's part of a transcendent postseason for him. Like we've talked about how yeah. they've fallen short of getting to this stage. And really the last four MVPs have fallen short in the season that they won it of getting to the conference finals in their given conference. Man, it feels like we're in the middle of one of those transcendent ones. And that feels weird to say for a guy that's a two-time MVP and already likely one of the best bigs of all time. But to do what he's done throughout the entirety of this postseason and then to have that be your opening stanza where you do come out and start fast like that, at this point, the bet I'm most comfortable making is he will be closer to that all-series than Anthony Davis will be closer to 40-10 and all series long. Anthony Davis is going to continue to affect the game defensively. I don't think that's something that we can question at this point because that's been the consistent through line for him, but that means a different thing in this series than it did in the last series against Golden State, where Golden State's playing most of the series without a sick Kavon Looney, who's already not going to be the same kind of matchup for Anthony Davis, and a lineup that's so different from them as far as the skills and the strengths of that group, versus one on the other side, where now you're foil plays the same position and we saw last night you've got to figure out different ways to address that to try and maximize this the best way you can and so again it goes back to what is the most consistent force you could find because of the role players like you said Denver 
Jamal Murray last night also going for over 30 has been a huge yeah. difference for allowing this version uh, of Nikola Jokic to exist, right? Him being right. healthy and here in the postseason for the first time since the bubble has mattered a lot for that team and how they can go about business. And again, it's like we have these conversations about quarterbacks in the NFL where you can have a really good young quarterback, but they are still going to be somewhat dependent on the surroundings and the environment they land in. It's not as much in the NBA but still we rarely see the LeBron James early Cavaliers run where you're just able to drag nothing and nobody to the finals that's generally not how this has worked as of late and so for for Jokic to finally have another player that's going to go out there and be able to hold him down like that in addition to all the rest of the starters on that team being in double figures those have been dependable things that have helped raise his ceiling the Lakers got those too right Austin Reeves basically being worth close to 20 points for you as of late in a way that's not flash in the pan or just big game for him anymore but kind of real life now is huge for them the backcourt let you down a little bit last night right Schroeder and D'Lo got to be better for you in those matchups especially if Jamal Murray is going to be doing that on the other side and so I just think it's going to be a fun series it's going to be a close series but at the end of the day it looks like Denver's got the best player in the world right now and the best player in the world that's finally in a set of circumstances that are going to let that mean something in the places where in NBA circles we need you to mean something and that's massive for how we're going to get to treat him going forward in a way that really excites me. Yeah, Denver definitely has the best player in the world and that used to be uh, something that LeBron's team could say but I really do think we can all you know, takes some solace in the fact that we do have the best teams in the West. We're looking at the best players in the world on the Western uh, half of things. And I think, you know, it's going to be a good series. Like Denver is as real as as they've ever been. And they're probably do one, which is bad for the Lakers. Yeah, uh, that is absolutely. And so again, encouraging start to that series, but you mentioned the West It's about time we have a conversation about what is getting ready to come to the West and the good news that one franchise got last night. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, That's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice-cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there and you get to that little clubhouse there and they've always got the candy bar options. And I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. 
And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Because Brandon, coming off a transcendent performance by two bigs, and how transcendent, I'm glad you asked, because according to ESPN Stats and Info, over the last 50 years, Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic are just the third pair of opposing starting centers to each have 30 points in a playoff game. They join Akeem Olajuwon and Shaq, and Akeem Olajuwon and David Robinson, both in 1995. So, rarefied air that they're touching with the dream coming off And you are... And hey, hey, you didn't pull that stat out of nowhere, Mr. Segway King. Go ahead and keep talking about David Robinson's team. Yeah, so this is uh, this is where it gets real interesting. So we talked about this the other day with Roy Hibbert, too. Bigs in the NBA have changed in a very exciting way. And that has now culminated in what we saw last night in the draft lottery because the Big Vic sweepstakes went down and, boy, oh, boy, The San Antonio Spurs continue to live right. They now are going to own the number one pick (laughs) in the NBA draft for the third time in their franchise history. And man alive, if you don't know, it's worked out pretty well for them the last couple of times that happened. Because you mentioned one of the names. They had the first pick in 1987, the Admiral David Robinson, and then 10 years later in 1997 with Tim Duncan. So they enter and, and listen, this is one of those things I, you know, I, I can hear uh, Big Cat and PFT in the back of my head talking about the draft lottery as one of the most rigged events in sports. And we know it, it's one that everyone looks at with a massive <laughs> side eye. But the Detroit Pistons, the Houston Rockets and the San Antonio Spurs all entered the night with the highest odds for the lottery at 14 percent each. And so not incredibly far fetched if you are, uh, unfortunately, the Detroit Pistons who finished this uh last season with the worst record in basketball it now marks the fifth straight season where the team with the worst record will not select first overall i feel for you and knowing that the spurs really just didn't have to take that long of a break between what has been their incredibly competent star-studded and historically prolific past to now what we can expect going forward with big Vic. I'd imagine Detroit, you got to feel a little insane right now, but Brandon, this is, it's weird to say it's good news, right? Because I think as we go along more and more, the thing we all look at is man, like in the NFL, Trevor Lawrence last year, getting delivered to a coach that was finally going to take care of him. Because when you see guys in the NFL get selected by a team like Jacksonville that was coached by Urban Meyer, when you see guys get selected by a team like the New York Jets that usually squeezes the life out of these quarterbacks, the Cleveland Browns for a number of years, you worry about them because you've seen what these prospects can be and what those teams can do to guys like that. And so to see Victor Wembignana now getting ready to head to an organization in San Antonio that outside of whatever happened with the Kawhi Leonard physical deterioration situation behind closed doors there has generally been a landing spot one for international players and specifically French players too. We know uh, Tony Parker, Boris Diaw, both guys that have gone there and had championship level success. It's why Victor Wembignana and his family and, and really that country, I think could be so excited about that moment, but to go to an organization that still has, you know, they still, 
one of the few championship winning coaches that wasn't fired at the end of the season, Greg Popovich still getting to hang out down there uh, and coach till he's a thousand years old. It feels like he's going to competent hands and a place that's done this before with transcendent bigs that now gets the next version of this because Brandon, we're all gassed up and I'd say the vast majority of us, right? Gassed up on the few highlights that we've seen like that put back dunk off a miss three, a couple of other handle moments here for a guy who is getting ready to likely be named the MVP of the French a league that he's a part of there. He just capped off a championship run in that league before the draft lottery last night and his appearance on TV there. So he's got the bona fides, but we haven't seen, seen him as day in and day out as we've seen the guys that have come out lately you know the zion williamson's and the prospects that have built the kind of hype that leads people to say this is maybe the most talented or most heralded prospect we've ever seen in team sports like we don't have the depth to make that ruling and so i gotta take folks words on it but man he represents so much of what the where the game is going a guy well over seven feet tall with the kind of handles that we've seen put on display on these highlight reels Mike, I'm glad you brought up highlight reels, and I'm glad you brought up the the depth of knowledge because Zion is a perfect example of the death of high, the death of the basketball game via highlights. Like I don't know, just like what I didn't know about Zion going into his draft uh, class well, or wherever he ended up landing is is if the body that we're seeing could withstand the the tough day in day out struggle that is an NBA season and obviously he's going to have his chance to uh fill things out and learn from Greg Popovich but you talk about that training staff there and I you know DeMar DeMar DeRozan still isn't there like I have some questions around the Spurs on that end of the floor and also the the fanfare that's going to be heading to San Antonio with him like I don't know how that's going to be handled but at the end of the day I am worried about uh Chet Holmgren who who is not with us right now because of his extracurricular activities playing basketball in a pro-am league game. Like I'm worried about that size of a player holding up. But I guess that's the thing is like those things are freak occurrences that we can't control, right? You can go all the way back to Greg Oden and what he was supposed to be coming out of Ohio State and what he wasn't because of injury. Like I I, I, I don't think the comp to Zion necessarily holds because we got to see him play a ton of U.S. basketball in college. Like he was a phenomenon. We had Zion cam on him all the time. That was box office and a known commodity, but an interesting fit just because he's not the normal size and shape of someone. This guy is like when you max out a character on a video game, you just go 99. <laughs> on everything and let it ride and then you give him guard handles and so i think san antonio too is a place that does know how to do this they've been a championship level team they've had incredible stars there they've had a lot of attention now this one could be different we don't know what kind of personality this guy is we got a little glimpse of it last night but we don't know if he's going to come in and want to be more than the silent assassins that we've seen come through san antonio by and large as their star players we don't know how he's going to react to likely all because again like You don't think of Kawhi Leonard outside of the New Balance deal being a guy that's overly marketable. We saw Tim Duncan do some stuff, but it was never as much of a gravitational pull as some of the other stars that now this guy's being compared to. And really, if you listen to a lot of these people talk, he doesn't have a ton of comparisons that the experts have given us. We know hyperbole Mm -hmm. is the flavor of the draft, but all that being said, you can only control so much. And what you can control 
San Antonio has tended to do a pretty good job doing so. And so that's what I mean. It feels like he at least got sent to a group of adults that we can trust with a talent that I think all of us are curious enough to want to see get the chance to flourish in the ways that they can allow him to do. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus, 21+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. I can't really uh, lie, though, Brandon. The thing I was most excited about when I saw the draft lottery pop off and give San Antonio that uh, envelope, I just wanted to camera on Charles Barkley. Because now Charles Barkley's got to talk about San Antonio again. And we know what comes up when he talks about San Antonio again. And you know Shaq's going to get him to do the impression of the folks eating churros down there. I'm not going to go into the rest of his bag because we know that's been water under the bridge and there's that nice river walk in San Antonio, but I just immediately thought of Charles Barkley. There is no stronger word association to me or word cloud with San Antonio than Charles Barkley. I'll give you a three for, uh, you know, the Holy Trinity, Charles Barkley, San Antonio and Biggs, you know, I think it's a a match made in heaven. And we're, we're talking about, (laughs) we're talking about, uh, the evolutions of a big in this big man era and this resurgence, Mike. And now, like, think about that. It's the, the this big resurgence and the number one pick unquestionably isn't, what was the, the process? Uh, Markel? Oh, Markel Fultz. Like, we're not talking about that. I know I brought up the injury bug because I just have to, but I really do hope that that is not a big Vic's issue in the NBA. Yeah, and, and listen, we've got no reason right now to believe it's going to be the case. He doesn't walk in with that baggage, and so we can all just hope and pray and form a prayer circle around him because it is one of the coolest things in sports when you've got a bona fide number one. Like this last NFL draft, we had a lot of very good prospects, but they were all kind of tweaked for different reasons, right? Height concerns for Bryce Young, experience concerns for Anthony Richardson, despite all the incredible ability on and on down the list. This one was clear cut. It's like, hey. We got him, and then we got the rest of the group. And so we get that fanfare that really we haven't experienced to this level. And it's different because, again, the familiarity. But since LeBron, like that's the last time I think we had someone that everyone was looking at and saying, no, no, this is going to be a sure thing. And we know there's no such thing as that. We know what LeBron did in overcoming and living up to all that is wild. And so Big Vic's got his work cut out for him. I – maybe it's the now like longtime media member of me, but even when we were players, my thought process was always, hey, 
in most interviews, let the personality shine, but I don't want to give up too much of anything that's going to bring back any questions about my teammates or questioning mm-hmm. the process going on there or put us in a light that has undue expectations. I wanted to keep it moving. I'm an offensive lineman. And so when I hear Big Vic, who's sitting there with Brian Windhorst getting asked these questions about what is he going to bring to San Antonio, I'm just sitting there like when you hear him and one of his answers was, I want to win a ring quick. So, you know, that's what we're trying to do. I, I always I always cringe a little bit inside because I just right. see everyone starting to sharpen their weapons to use against him when you say stuff like that. Uh, and especially for yeah. a player that we haven't seen any of that's coming over to us from overseas. It, it all just I sit there and I go man, just get out of this, survive and advance the interview. Let's get you over here. Let's get a couple of those highlights from summer league before they inevitably get you the hell off the court and preserve your body. And then let's let the hype machine build the way it's supposed to here. Now he didn't go in not one, not two, not three, not four, this thing up there. So I think we survived in a pretty decent place. It, no, I almost felt like a parent and that's a weird place to be because I'm not a parent. I'm not anywhere close to that yet. And I'm still like, Buddy, just just don't say too much of the thing right now. I know you're gassed up. You had like the most incredible day on earth, but we need you to make sure that we don't hurt your own expectations with your words right now. I don't know. It's odd to say that a 19-year-old, I'm giving him the freedom to go there. He's he's wise enough compared to these young whippersnappers we see on, on the internet, 17, 18 years old. No, I, I and obviously he's excited and gassed up and he should be. Mike, I think this is... I think that I think he was being modest in his uh, prediction of trying to win one early because when we we're talking about these next generation superstar bigs outside of Greg Oldham, like there is a, a little bit of a lull of time in the NBA before they actually reach their destiny. You think about Shaq's time in, in Orlando, like, and obviously it was that very exciting with Penny Hardaway and this stuff. But like, I, I understand you you don't want to give anyone any ammo, but for a guy who probably knows his bag more than everyone. I mean, think about LeBron James's chosen one tattoo on his back before he even stepped what? foot on the NBA court. Like that was some, that was all ammo. And then it was like, oh, he really is. But I guess that's what I mean is it's so rare to see someone deliver on the pro- the promise that they make that emphatically to where we look at the chosen sure. one tattoo and go, yeah, you, you saw what the rest of us couldn't. And it's going to be so fascinating on a number of levels because we know like he's, he's a stretch five. He's, Giannis with a jumper. He's closer to Kevin Durant and, and mm. you know, the Dirk Nowitzki's of the world that we've seen Ooh. than anything else, at least. Don't I say that. Well, I mean, based on, again, I'm basing this on the fractions of seconds that we've seen watching him play. We yeah, don't know. True, and but. so it's going to be fun to watch all of that. Like, it, Run wild with it. Go off San Antonio. Excited to see people flocking back to the Riverwalk. And hopefully this is just another entrant of the party of cool young players that we've got entering in the league right now. Because, again, as we've been reminded this postseason, our stars are getting old. And the guys that we're used to watch and have fun are getting old. And so we need more dudes like this to come in and make it young. Yeah, well, that's why I like where he's landing, too, because you talk about how long Pop will coach there. At some point in time, I feel like a good – Victor, Big Dub, I'll get your name right, uh, will eventually usher in a new a new head coach for the Spurs and, and start a new era, and the era will be under him. But I love that he's in the West with Jokic. Talk about just big and fast. Like, he's so heavy and so toolsy and so – like, I love the fact that he's going to get a chance to sharpen his tools over on the West where there's going to be a lot of bigs that are prominent. Like, with, OKC is not going anywhere. 
was the SGA was what fourth in MVP voting, and then they're going to get uh, Chet off of a coming off an injury. Like I think the uh, the bigs being dominant in the West yeah. is going to be good for Big Vic. By the way, how crazy is that, Chet? You were supposed to have your one year to shine and be the dude and be the big long guy that could make it happen on the edge, and now you're immediately going to get eclipsed by the new big, bigger and longer guy that we got from France. Hunted and eclipsed by that picture, right? Because that was one of the first things that oh, I mean, yeah. I, for football people, it was like that was the first time we saw Vic because he's sitting next to Chet, like towering over him, holding a bigger trophy than he had. Yeah, no, that was that was immediate one-upsmanship. You're so right. That's painful. Uh, Chet, we're all still rooting for you too, man. And Brandon, yeah. I, I guess another reason we bring up why this is pertinent given what's going on right now amongst the young NBA stars is we've mentioned Zion has not been healthy enough to be on the court for the vast majority of time that we've seen him in his career so far. And we've got all this uncertainty now continuing to pile up around John Morant. And I don't know if you saw an exasperated Adam Silver talking to Malika Andrews during the broadcast of the draft lottery last night. That looked like Brandon, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. That looked like disappointed dad face as much as anything else. Yeah, yeah. And and Adam Silver seems to be so polished and everything seems to be so purposeful by the time we get him and like get him in front of the camera. You know, like Roger Goodell, his version of polishing is like removing all personality. Like Adam Silver like likes to paint it on in the right places. And to see him so distraught, like I don't want to use this phrase because it's uh probably has some uh background idioms that I don't know about that are insensitive, but I feel like he's going to throw the book at Ja Morant. Like, like Ja Morant is going to feel this last instance. Yeah, I I think, and we said it the other day, generally in most workplaces and especially in sports, making the same mistake twice is certainly frowned upon, but embarrassing your boss in public after you made a promise to them also not the way to endear yourself here. And when you see just the quote, even on paper from Adam Silver, where he says, honestly, I was shocked when I saw the video this week, uh, this, I saw this weekend, that video. Now we're in the process of investigating it and we'll figure out exactly what happened to the best that we can. The video is a bit grainy and all that, but I am assuming the worst, like any bit of the benefit Mm. of the doubt that might've been there or that leniency seems to be gone based on every indication we got from him verbally and non-verbally the other night. And so that's going to get sticky real quick uh, for John Morant. And I saw this from Tom Habistro, and this is kind of going to underscore again, why that's going to be the case is we got the statement then from John Morant last night. And it said, I know I've disappointed a lot of people who've supported me. This is a journey. I recognize there's more work to do. My words might not mean much right now, but I take full accountability for my actions and I'm committed to continuing to work on myself. And as Tom Habistro pointed out, this is the statement from March that he read. I take full responsibility for my actions last night. I'm sorry for my family, teammates, coaches, fans, Mm. partners, Memphis, the entire Grizzlies organization for letting you down. I'm going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being. They sound remarkably similar, and it's a good reminder that these problems are not a quick fix. Whatever's ailing John Morant, right? We all sit here and are rightly frustrated by what we see as an apparently – 
flippant disregard for the low bar that he's been asked to clear here by the NBA and seemingly couldn't in this situation. And all that should draw back to the same thing that we talked about back in March when that went down is this is bigger than just what we're seeing right now. And there are clearly things, feelings, stuff that he's got to process behind the scene that during the season they did not give him the time to, whether he was trying to get back on the court, whether Memphis was trying to get him back on the court early. And so I don't know how they play this because we've got a lot of time until the season. And so if there was a do the work period here, it certainly seems like you've got it now. We don't know who's going to hold them accountable to that or if anyone can hold them accountable to that. Because we know with most of these things, if you want to do better and you want to change, there's really only one person that can make that happen, especially when you're the one holding all the money. Like when you're John Morant and you don't have, as we've talked about, tons of veteran leadership on that team. You are the one that's footing the bill for all your friends and family and creating the life that you all have right now. It's hard to have anyone else step up and tell you what to do or when to do it if you don't want to yourself. And that's the one thing we just don't know. The one thing Ja got right is his words aren't going to mean much to all of us right now because when he says these things, we didn't see it backed up the last time. He's got a little bit more time and room this time and we're all rooting for him to figure this out and to be better and to take better care of himself and to put himself in situations that aren't as one inherently dangerous and two certainly won't subvert a career that we all see and want for him here, but he's got to want that stuff. It's got to be something that he's actually interested enough in having right now. And that remains to be seen. So he's going to have the time this off season to see if he can get the help. If Memphis and the league can facilitate that, if Adam Silver and company try and force their hand even more in this situation, but you can only do that so much with someone who's young and has as much power as John Morant does, but I'm with you. He's going to get sat down. I think for a good long time, this upcoming season, because for Adam Silver in the league, now it's gone from not only do we want to try and get this guy help, although, again, maybe only to a certain extent because they also seem to really want to make sure that they made an good use of a potential big-time playoff run that didn't come to fruition. But we've also got to show that going out here and saying something and then not backing it up with us has to have consequences if you're Adam Silver and company. Yeah, but also I feel like this is a great learning experience, not only for John Morant, but for the NBA, right? Like they were so ready to laud Ja as the face of the the league when he was on his MVP run uh, before, you know, that playoff series that gave us the the Warriors, uh, Memphis Grizzlies beef. That if you want somewhere to be the face of the league, that, that team and that franchise has to be constructed to foster well uh, something like that i thought it, roy hibbert brought that up perfectly but if you want if you want to be someone to be the face of the league they also have to want that too and not wanting that isn't a bad thing right like well, I, I i heard bamani jones talking about this the other day that all of and basically it was the long and short of it was this all the rest of this stuff based on john morant's trajectory may not all be stuff that he necessarily wants that level of stardom and fame that might not be it's not for everybody and listening to that made me think of what we've seen in tennis with naomi osaka and other young athletes who come up and have extraordinary abilities and can be incredibly accomplished but 
as the rest of, as we both know very well, the higher up you go in sports, the more stuff that isn't sports that gets lumped onto your plate, the more expectations, the more business-like it becomes, the more cutthroat it becomes, the more attention, criticism, all these things that not everybody is built to handle. And that's not a criticism, but it's a reality that existing at that level and being the face of something requires the desire to do that. The NBA can want to push that, but it's like Mike Trout in Major League Baseball. If that's not something he's interested in, no matter how much ability he's got, that's not going to happen. And I think in this case with John Morant and certainly others there as well, if the other parts of this aren't a thing that you're necessarily interested in embracing that way and they end up becoming a bigger part of the equation than the basketball and the stuff that you enjoy, I don't know if you can push somebody into being the face of the thing the way they want to. And I think that's kind of becoming clear with this John Morant situation. But I also feel like this is a perfect example of actions speak louder than words. Like we haven't heard John Morant say anything that has put him in this heat. It's him doing something and holding things that that have put his question mark over his head. But we've heard him say, uh, Taylor Rooks has interviewed him in the past, and he's said that he could take, he thinks he's better in his prime and in Michael Jordan's prime, he could beat him one-on-one. Like he said things like this, and we've all trumped it up to trolling from John Morant. But I think those words from him prove that he did and intended on being the number one guy, but he has he has obviously not realized what it takes off the court to be one of that that guy. Like well, look at LeBron James in the situation and, and how much we haven't heard get leaked from him in this time of his 20-year run in the NBA. Like John Moran. Well, Brandon, that's talking about basketball. Like when he says that about beating Michael Jordan one-on-one, that's not saying I can beat the Jordan brand. I can go out here and change basketball that way. That was just saying I can beat, I'm confident enough in my basketball ability to go out and do that. That has no commentary in my mind on what he sees as his positioning in front of that organization or that team. But you did underscore True. the other point, which is we don't really know John Morant all that well. He's not someone that no. we have a ton of access to. And so it, it's different too. Like it, I think the other clear example is so much of the response that we've seen from John Morant is very short form. It's very tailored to certain areas. It's statements that yeah. have come out like this. It's the very carefully picked out interview with Jalen Rose where they went in and it's an environment that's safe form. And that's not an indictment yeah. on the job that Jalen Rose did. There weren't going to be many other hands that could approach that with the level of empathy that I think Jalen did. But it's different than like, you know, in, in a very different world. Look what we got last night. You know, the conversation with Draymond Green and Stephen A. Smith on that side broadcast where we had very candid conversations from Steve Kerr coming out after that season and saying, yeah, the trust in our locker room got fractured when Draymond Green decided to punch Jordan Poole in the face. And we never recovered from that. And they didn't bring it up during the season. But at the end of the year, they spoke about it. And Draymond Green got up there on that broadcast and said, yeah, I agree with Steve Kerr. And I'm glad he brought it up the way that he did. Steve Kerr mm. talked about Draymond's importance to that team relative to the player option he's got coming up this summer. And Draymond, who has been a guy, long form, who talks about these things, who's got time and we know him and we get to see him respond to these things publicly, went out and right. said, yes, I wasn't able to lead in my best way this year because of what I did there. I fractured that trust and so I had to hang back and it allowed things to slide that wouldn't have slide would not slide on my watch before all of that. We got that 
from him because Draymond is an open book and is giving of himself. And we feel like we know him at this point because we see him in all these places and we hear his voice and he's been the face and the mouthpiece of that team for a long time. And that's something that he embraces. He said, my roles on this team and the things that I do for this team were compromised by my actions and I have to own up to that. So we saw him own up to that publicly in a way that makes sense given what we've seen and heard from Draymond and what we know of him around that team and his role there. We, in very different circumstances, again, this is not an apples-to-apples apples comparison, but it's to say we don't know nearly as much about John Morant and what he thinks right. about and how he operates and then how that all connects back to this situation. And so, uh, uh, again, now we know the NBA is going to do some punishing, but – I think what's going to be way more instructive about how this situation goes is, do we get any measure of transparency? Hell, are we owed any measure of transparency about what the league and what the Grizzlies are going to try and do to position Ja to be in the best position right. possible to go forward and at a base level take care of himself better? Because right now, this all kind of reckless behavior is putting him in positions that could potentially just be harmful to him, the person. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to minimize what's going on with Ja from this lazy comparison, but I think of him like Elvis, the the type of uh, influence that he has start to slip away in Memphis because he wants to, you know, flash guns when he's listening to rap music. People are going to look at that and say, okay, you need a little bit of time to grow up, and I feel like he'll have time to do that. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Brandon, man, I, 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 really a full wall-to-wall -wall NBA day here. Pretty cool uh, for the middle of the week as these games are getting uh, a little fewer and further between as we move along here. Uh, but now... It is time for us to finish this off the way that we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to finish off the day and send you on your way. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Tell us how good everything is going for you. Uh, Brandon, let's start off with this. Right after we got done doing the show yesterday, we got the announcement that Doc Rivers was being let go and dismissed by the Philadelphia 76ers after three seasons with the team. Um not really surprising to anybody involved. We, this has just sort of been how the offseason is going. I sort of half-joked yesterday, if your team loses in the playoffs and you don't fire your coach, do you really care all that much about winning? Because that seems to be the antidote that everyone's got to show their fan base. Now, 
different circumstances everywhere, right? Monty Williams and right. Phoenix seems largely attributed to the fact that you got new ownership out there and they're going to want to do things their way. Mike Budenholzer in Milwaukee had been sort of a long time coming. It felt like going back to and getting bailed out by that championship in 2021. And True. with Doc Rivers, this is complicated in a lot of ways because we put so much weight on James Harden and Joel Embiid. And then Doc Rivers has this terrible reputation in game sevens in the postseason that seems to haunt him, despite the fact that he is also someone who has been to the mountaintop and is accredited NBA champion, but hardly seems to at this point with the time that's passed since then get that kind of bailout when it comes to these situations. So I'm not surprised. I don't really even know what right and wrong answer is as far as these decisions in the NBA anymore, because we've talked about the difficulties in assessing coaching, but it's going to be uh wild to watch. Um, let's see. It could be Monty Williams, Milwaukee bucks next season. Yes. Against and, who would yep. coach the 76ers next season, Brandon, you wait a minute. Oh, uh, but, Oh no. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be Doc Rivers, Milwaukee Bucks, and Monty Williams, yes. 76ers next year in yes. the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes. That's going to be uh, the one to watch here. Now, worth noting, uh, it sounds like the search for the new coach, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, is going to involve Mike Budenholzer, Sam Cassell, who's already been an assistant on that team, Mike D'Antoni, Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, Monty Williams, basically everybody who just got fired. Oh, it's the off-season game of musical chairs that goes on. I honestly feel like at the end of NBA season, we should just make it a lot easier and have all the coaches go and do one big game of musical chairs. And you can move around and try and get back to your original team if you liked it there, but just shuffle the deck because that seems to be what happens anyway. We've got a bunch of guys with NBA championships on their resume that are just about to find new homes this offseason because one place got a little bit sick of them and needed to show their fans they were serious about making something happen. It's but like like you said though, there there is it's situation based. Because if it really was just lose the playoffs and get fired, Mike Brown, <laughs> they would be trying to unlight the beam in, in Sacramento. I, you know what? Again, I, I, at this point, I can't take anything for granted. So I'm glad to see that Mike Brown made it out of this and gets to come back and light the beam for at least <laughs> one more year. Got to be thankful for when any good thing happens with any NBA coach at this point, because they all seem to be just walking around waiting for the next bad thing to happen. Um, Brandon, let's get to that. We didn't get to talk about this the other day. But the NFL and its continued world domination takeover announced that it's going to have uh, a Saturday night wild card game streaming exclusively on Peacock. Uh, the league and NBC Universal announced on Monday this week the Peacock exclusive game is going to start at 8.15 or 8.30 p.m. and is going to be broadcast on NBC stations in the markets of those two teams and available through the NFL Plus package on certain devices. But it's going to be another standalone streaming game, Brandon. And while we've seen this is kind of the way things are going, and I think especially in light of the Amazon partnership, the NFL is kind of redoubling its efforts to make sure these games get some love. Now, NBC, you know, the NFL's media deals, for anyone's unfamiliar, are multi-pronged, right? They've got deals with NBC, Fox, 
ABC, ESPN, all these different groups, and now throw Amazon into the mix as well. And so each has different stipulations. The terms of the agreement weren't disclosed, but the Wall Street Journal reported that this is a one-year deal with the NFL receiving approximately $110 million for making this happen. And that's really the bottom line is these are more areas where owners feel like they can squeeze money out of the situation. And it really doesn't have to be much deeper than that in the way that we look at this. There's an area that media companies are still trying to make happen in a big time way. It's going to be related to the next story that we talk about. And in this case for the NFL, that's just an opportunity for them to line their pockets more. And for players, that money also goes towards them. Collective bargaining, you got revenue sharing, all these different things. But for the fan experience, it does suck because my brother pointed this out too. The biggest thing that sucks about this is losing the ability to flip back and forth between channels. Now, it's going to be wild card weekend, so it's going to probably be more of a standalone game, but not getting to channel surf and use the back button is really where all of the streaming stuff is going to come back and bite us in the ass eventually when this becomes, I'd imagine, something that's more and more part of the viewing experience. Yeah, unless you got live Hulu TV, uh, because, you know, Hulu has live sports, start turning (laughs) this into an ad. Uh, You're already struggling with this. And, you know, the whole joke about the internet uh, streaming, it's it's basically cable all over again. It's true. And the fan experience part of it, Mike, like you ever get you ever see a trailer in the movie and then it's like, oh, I'm really excited. And then you see that the, the movie's going to come in two years. You're like, oh, this is way too early. I am going to forget about yeah. where this game is until two minutes into the first quarter. And I'm like, oh, it's on Peacock. Well, I used to work there, so I have a Peacock subscription and I and I do all the things that I, I'm able to tap into Peacock. But I'm going to get to the game late. Oh, 100%. You're not going to be alone. You're absolutely right. It is going to be buried by the sands of time in football season, and then we're going to show up, and everyone's going to be trying to do some free trial or borrow their friend's Peacock account. And that's the point, right, (laughs) is we've we've got that stuff. Like, I I pay for a bunch of streaming services. I'm fortunate to be able to. Part of it's part of the job, but – this is going to start to eventually, I'd imagine, great on the average fan. We'll see if that registers enough because the one thing that the NFL knows, and it's the reason it can go out and do all that stuff, is we're going to keep showing up. We've shown that we'll keep showing up through a number of different things and infinitely worse things, actual nefarious, bad, terrible things that we have continued to show up through. Now, we are also inherently selfish, and so maybe if it affects enough of each person's viewing experience, that starts to change a little bit. But I highly doubt that's anytime soon, no matter what Mark Cuban's predictions from 2014 would have you say about the NFL getting a little bit too fat and happy. Uh, Brandon, let's get to the third, though, here. Uh, Wild news in the uh, sports media landscape yesterday, as it was announced, Pat McAfee is leaving FanDuel and heading over to ESPN. Uh, Andrew Marchand first reported that over at the New York Post. But he's taking that show over there. Apparently, they're going to be on ESPN, ESPN Plus, the YouTube channel over there. And I was never sure we'd see it happen, Brandon, especially knowing how wild that show is, how fast and loose they play. They said they're not going to be saying the F word anymore. But um, it's it's wild to see from where he came from and how Pat started out to what that's turned into and built now going back to the place where, you know, I I called home for a long time. So congratulations to him and those guys. I wish them all well. It sounds like they're going in there with the, 
dedicated promise that they're not going to change the show. And I'm fascinated to see if under the Disney umbrella, they're going to be able to do that because working for the mouse is a different bag. But I, I doubt this is something they do if they felt like they'd compromise what they got going because, man, they've been hotter than fish grease. And I don't know if there's much of a reason for them to change. So we hope you don't change man. the dial off of this show ever along the way either. Uh, my, yes. well, go ahead, Brandon. My bad. Are you closing the show out right now? I was thinking about it, but I realized I looked at the clock wrong. So you can go. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, let's do it then. Bye. Uh, no, I was just saying that I I can't see how the show doesn't change. And we got the first real glimpse of this and what this possibly could look like during the uh, in national championship uh, ESPN2 broadcast where McAfee and the boys were, were calling the game. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in this, Mike, but money talks. And as long as ESPN's ready to set up an indie, looks like they got McAfee. Yeah, no, it, it looks like it. So fascinated to see where the partnership goes. Obviously, he's been a part, of, big part of game day, too. See what that continues to be uh, in integrating that role. But we hope you still stick around here and watch this show, too. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us a five-star rating. Check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel. And, of course, watch us on Samsung TV Plus and DraftKingsNetwork.com. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go, go. Boom. Money in the bank.